Welcome back to the Below Average Joe's MMA Show. My name is Dominic Salee. We are here for the MMA Weekend Preview. UFC Vegas 81. Sadiq Youssef versus Edson Barboza goes down this Saturday night. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to cover beforehand involving UFC 294 happening on October 21st because it got shaken up. And that's honestly putting it lightly. So we're going to get into all of that today on the show. Hope you guys are ready because I sure am. Let's get right into it. We're going to start with that UFC 294 talk and all of the madness that has happened the past couple of days. Charles Oliveira out. Alexander Volkanovsky in. But that's not all. Paulo Costa out. Kamaru Usman in. UFC 294 has been flipped upside down on its head. Islam Magachev will now be defending his lightweight title in a rematch, but not against Charles Oliveira. No, it is a rematch against Alexander Volkanovsky, the featherweight champion of the world and the current ranked number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world. And then the co-main event, Kamaru Usman, making his middleweight debut in the UFC to take on Hamzat Chemaev, the wolf, the undefeated phenom. But we haven't seen him fight in over a year by the time he gets into the cage on October 21st. This is absolutely wild. we got to start with the main event. Work our way to the co-main here. Let's break these down individually here. So Charles Oliveira goes down in round five of his final sparring session before leaving to travel to Abu Dhabi for UFC 294. Cuts his head open very badly right above the eyebrow. Had to get stitches. Could not make the turnaround to fight safely uh, in Abu Dhabi. Said he didn't want to be 80% to fight Islam Makhachev. He needed to be 100%, and that's obviously understandable. So what does the UFC do? They scramble, and they get to do another rematch, arguably a bigger rematch, and on 11 days' notice at the time, the featherweight champion of the world, Alexander Volkanovsky, answers the call and will be in Abu Dhabi to face Islam Makhachev in a rematch that was so so good, so high level and technical when they last went at it in February of this year. And since then, he has went on to defend his featherweight title uh, against Yair Rodriguez, Alexander Volkanovsky, that is. And this is going to be Islam Makhachev's first appearance in the octagon since facing Alexander earlier this year. So it's an immediate rematch for the current lightweight champion, but not an immediate rematch in a sense for Volkanovsky. It's going to be... Uh, absolutely wild to see how this fight week will go down for Volk and just how the fight build will be throughout the week next week. And, you know, it, it's crazy that I was very much looking forward to Oliveira, Makachev too, for starters. But there's something about this being ran back that just feels much, much bigger, much, much more important. And there's an opportunity here for Alexander Volkanovsky to cement himself as a top three fighter of all time. I'm just going to say it. If he turns around on 11 days notice, comes in, wins a title up a weight class against someone that he has lost to prior and is a double champion under those circumstances, 
I think he puts himself top three guys. I'm not even joking. Maybe it's a recency bias here, but give me top five at least, right? Tell me you at least think top five. If he comes in here and does this, this would be absolutely unprecedented. And there's no kind of like slide here, if you will, to Islam Makachev because he decided to accept this fight as well. He decided to save this card. He could have said no and waited for Oliveira, maybe like at the end of the year in December or something like that, or turn it around quick next year, but he will not. He is going to fight Volkanovsky, and you must tip your hat to both men in this situation. And one more thing to touch on for this fight is that Volkanovsky has said that he plans to still turn around and fight Ilya Toporia in January. I believe it's January 20th to be exact, something like that. UFC 297, rumored to be Toronto, Canada, and defend his featherweight title, assuming he gets out of here with no injuries. And that's win or lose to Islam Makachev at UFC 294. So Volkanovsky, man, continues to just really up the ante of what an active champion is and an ambassador of the sport. I mean, there's not been many fighters uh, in this game that it can do and say what Volkanovsky has done. So it's absolutely incredible stuff there in the UFC 294 main event. And the co-main event, well, wasn't there a little feeling in all of our stomachs that thought Hamzat and Paulo Costa would just never happen? In September 2020, Hamzat Chemaev and Paulo Costa fought one week apart. Paulo Costa was challenging Israel Adesanya at the time when both fighters were undefeated in professional MMA and lost in that bout. And a week prior to that, on September 19th, Hamzat Chemaev was taking on Gerald Mearchart and won in 17 seconds of the first round. What's the significance of September 2020 and these two fighters fighting two weeks, or not two weeks, one week apart from one another? Since then, both fighters have had five canceled bouts in just over three years. <sighs> wow. Hamza Chmaev, a guy that fought three times in a span of July 2020 to September 19th, 2020, by the way, has fought three total times since that September date in 2020. And for Paulo Costa, the man who has withdrawn from this bout due to, I believe it's a couple of surgeries on his arm, or it could even be more specifically his hand, but something's jacked up on one of his arms. A secret juice, man. You gotta be careful with that stuff, Paulo. He's fought two times since losing that title to Israel Adesanya. A loss to Marvin Vittori in another Weird fight that would have almost been number six in a canceled order for Paolo, but they decided to fight at 205 pounds on like a day's notice. And it was actually a barn burner of a fight. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty great. But he loses to Marvin Vittori in a, or October 23rd of 2021. Doesn't fight again until August 20th of 2022. And one of the weirdest, most just insanely awkward just weird fights I've ever seen with Luke Rockhold. A blood and guts war, but at the same time, just doesn't make sense. I don't really know what to make of that fight. And hasn't fought since then as well. So it, it's just a been a wild, wild ride for Co Paulo Costa here. Canceled fights with Whitaker, Cannoneer, Rockhold, 
they eventually got to do that fight, obviously. Uh, Ikram Aliskarov, and now Hamzat Chemaev. And if you want to look at Hamzat, obviously this one is not his fault, but he had that fight fall through with Leon three different times at the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. They had the weird UFC 279 fight week last year with Nate Diaz where they scrambled like crazy. He was like eight pounds overweight, comes in and fights Kevin Holland instead. That was another wild fight week. Uh, and then obviously here with Paolo Costa. But all of that drama... Maybe confusion the way I was talking about it aside. The welterweight, well, the former welterweight champion of the world, Kamaru Usman, stepping in to face Hamzat Chabayev up a weight class at 185 pounds on 10 days' notice because this came one day after Volkanovsky stepped in to face Islam in the main event. Crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. You don't see stuff like this. I feel like the last time we had a card like this was UFC 279 at the aforementioned events with Hamzat Chmaev. So there must just be something about him and Paulo Costa and some of these other guys being on the same card that just creates chaos. But beautiful chaos it is because, wow, what an interesting fight we are going to get to see between Usman and Chemaev, I couldn't tell you what's going to happen in that one because, you know, for the first time, we're going to see someone that at least on paper can match Hamzat Chemaev or be a pretty close match to Hamzat Chemaev's wrestling and grappling capabilities. And if Kamaru can stop that, it's going to be very, very intriguing. You saw the only other real time that Hamzat has been tested, was against Gilbert Burns. But I'll say that that wasn't really Gilbert Burns canceling out Hamzat's game. I believe that was Hamzat not going with the game plan and wanting to have an absolute banger of a fight, which he did have with Gilbert Burns and a winning effort, of course. So uh, I'm very curious how both of these fights are going to get, and we're literally only, at the time you guys are hearing this and seeing this, eight days away so it's going to be an incredible incredible day at ufc 294 in abu dhabi it may have been ugly to get there but honestly you know you hate to see people go out with injuries i hope charles Oliveira can recover i hope paulo costa can recover i believe he even has to get another surgery done if i'm not mistaken his twitter account's a little crazy but i take his word <laughs> so i hope those guys can recover well but in the meantime i think we did get to fights that are more intriguing. Uh, I really do. I think they're more intriguing. I think there's a lot more X's and O's to them. The only kind of counter part to that or the argument you could say is that they are on short notice, right? We're not getting Volkanovsky uh, full strength coming out of a training camp. We're getting, in his words, a Volkanovsky coming off the couch. And for Kamar Usman, obviously been training. It looked like there was a time where he might even fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson before the end of the year. Not only is he stepping in on short notice, he's going up to a weight class we've not seen him compete in uh, in the UFC, and he's doing it against Hamzat Chemaev, who we have seen compete there, and he looks like an absolute behemoth of a man in any weight class that he fights. Get ready, fasten your seatbelts, because it's going to be an insane fight week, insane media days and press conferences, and an even nuttier card, assuming all goes well and that we can get there after the week and after weigh-ins. Give me all your thoughts on what you think. And now we get into UFC Vegas 81, the main event 
hopefully uh, no drama. I guess the fight is in two days by the time I'm recording this, and it's already been less drama than UFC 294. My brain is rattled, if you can't tell. Let's talk about it here. We got Sadiq Youssef, one of my favorite fighters. Been a while since we've really got to see him fight. Had a weird career. And we got Edson Barboza in the main event. Let's talk about some X's and O's, shall we? And maybe uh, a storyline here or there. Since a winning effort on Dana White's Contender Series in July of 2018, Sadiq Youssef has tallied off a 6-1 record in the UFC featherweight division with the only loss coming to Arnold Allen, a top-five ranked fighter in this division. And Edson Barboza made his featherweight debut in May of 2020 with a very close back-and-forth fight with Dan Ige, has mustered a 3-3 three and three record down at 145 pounds, and it's still crazy that at this far into his career, he can make this cut and look so damn good. Those losses, Dan Ige, he did lose that debut fight very close. As I said, Giga Chikadze did stop him with a Giga kick, I believe. Finished him with TKO and punches. You guys get the point. And he lost a decision to Bryce Mitchell. It was very one-sided in that one. But he's coming off of a big win in April of this year when he took Billy Corintello's head and knocked it straight into the third row of the bleachers. Billy, I'm sorry. I love you. But it was an absolutely brutal knockout from Edson. So at this late into his career, you know, what is he now? 37 years old. And he still is showing that he's very dangerous, has power, still is just a very elite level striker at least against a lot of these kind of talents uh in the featherweight division but Sadiq Yusuf man uh, I believe Noah used to say what what is that saying like uh kind of good everywhere not great anywhere like there's not one particular area that I would say Sadiq is just masterful at but he is such a just solid well-rounded fighter and a very intelligent one at that has a very good fight IQ can utilize kind of if he ever has a reach advantage which obviously you're seeing on the screen he doesn't in this one a four inch advantage to the veteran Barboza but he just finds a way to utilize his ranges and be comfortable make it his fight whether it's relatively lackluster or an exciting back and forth Sadiq has many many different ways to win a fight. And I think that's the big difference here. Sadiq can win this by decision. He can get a finish on the feet. He showed in his last fight, albeit it was short notice against Don Shanus in 30 seconds, that he can lock in a guillotine submission choke. For Edson, I feel like if he can't finish Sadiq here, he's going to struggle to find a way to get a decision victory over the course of 25 minutes and five rounds. I feel like this is Sadiq's type of fight this is going to be his first opportunity to main event in the ufc but i feel like his skills he is built to go 25 minutes and not waver and boy this could be big egg on my face if he does tire out in that fight and that's going to be fun to find out come saturday but i am very excited for this one this is a big opportunity for sadiq to get a you know it's weird not a bounce back since losing to arnold allen in april of 2021 he fought Alex Caceres almost a year later in March and won, and then fought in October uh, of last year against Don Chanis and got that submission. So it's going to be over a year since we've seen Sadiq last fight, and that's kind of been the problem with his career is that you know his debut was in December of 2018. And what did I say? Seven total fights in what will be pretty much five years. This will be his eighth fight in five years of being with the UFC. Not a very good, 
I guess, uh, moniker to have about you. But injuries happen, cancellations happen, things just happen, right? But he is now 30 years old, right in the middle of that kind of uh, prime gap, if you will. Maybe some would say just now getting started. I'd view it around 28, 29 till around 34, 35 at the max. That's when things start going downhill. So if he's going to make a run, he's got to make it happen now. That Arnold Allen loss is behind him, but in a way it still feels like if he were to be matched up with someone up there in the top five, there'd be a lot of ifs about Sadiq, and that's just because of the competition. He's really fought outside of that Arnold Allen fight. This is a big uh, prove-it moment because Barbosa has been there and done that against a lot of great names You know, in the featherweight division. He's fought bigger names and even you'd argue has better wins at featherweight in just his short little stint of three years than Sadiq has in the last five years of always being at 145 pounds. Barboza beat Shane Burgos. He beat Makwan Army Connie. I just said he knocked out Billy Q. So it's crazy to say that for Barboza when he came so late into his career down to 145 pounds. He's had more success than the young guy, the Contender Series alum, in Sadiq Yusuf. And uh, that's why it's a big chance for Sadiq to silence a lot of doubters, I feel like. And I, I don't feel like the doubters are like haters in a sense. It's just a matter of them thinking like, you know, he's never had that big wow performance. And like the biggest ones have been Gabriel Benitez or short notice Don Shanus, right? There's not been that big moment against a bigger name fighter. This is his opportunity right here against Edson Barboza. I look forward to it. I think it's going to be a pretty entertaining fight. Edson's usually in pretty fun fights. It's not like Sadiq's going to come out and just grapple him and lay on him for five rounds or three rounds. You know, he could, but I feel like if he did over the course of 25 minutes, Sadiq would find a way to get a finish. I think this is going to be a back and forth fight on the feet, a technical kickboxing match. I think it's going to be pretty damn fun to watch. So let me know what you guys think. Give me your predictions. Is Sadiq Youssef going to get the job done, get that big win, make it three straight wins, head into 2024 with a lot of momentum and hopes of fighting a top five guy next? Or Edson Barbosa make it two straight wins and get a victory over what I believe to be the number 11 ranked featherweight in the world in Sadiq Yusuf. I look forward to this. I think it's a big test for both guys. Barbosa proven there's still a lot of gas in the tank. He can still go with the best of them, even if they're the younger, you know, more promising prospects, if you will. And Sadiq to get the old timer, the veteran, but the biggest name win that he could have on his resume thus far. It should be fun. I look forward to it. Hopefully, you guys are as well. All righty, and now that the main event's out of the way, I just want to do a couple quick hitters, talk about some of the notable fights, because we have a pretty decent 12-fight card this weekend at UFC Vegas 81. The co-main event, Jennifer Maya versus Viviani Araujo. That's a matchup between, let me pull it up on the screen here. We love the women's flyweights and everything they got going on right now. Jennifer Maya, number nine, Viviani, number 11. So that's a big matchup there really in in that division right now and we've got two ladies in opposite positions jennifer maya looking to make it three straight wins ever since her loss uh to manon fior her last win in march against casey o'neill and viviani looking to not make it three straight losses 
end her win streak, get back in the win column for the first time since May of 2022 against Andrea Lee. Oh boy, and in that featured bout of the evening, this is a type of uh, people's main event that we're talking about here. 135 pounds, Jonathan Martinez, the number 13 ranked bantamweight in the world versus Adrian Yanez, the number 14 ranked bantamweight in the world. There's no way, <laughs> no way that this is a boring fight. This is going to be a back and forth scrap if I've ever seen one. Jonathan Martinez, man, looking to freaking extend his win streak to six. Talk about a slept-on talent in the 135-pound division. And Adrian Yanez was looking so damn good uh, prior to his loss to Rob Font. That was his biggest kind of opportunity to date back in April. And Rob Font looked incredible in that fight. Finished him in two minutes and 57 seconds. But again, before that, Yanez looks so good. Has great hands. Fan-friendly style. Big part of the MMA community on Twitter even. I look for this to be the fight of the night, to be quite honest. I think it's going to be back and forth for as long as it goes. And even if it doesn't even make it out of the first round, it still might be the most beautiful, chaotic fight that UFC Vegas 81 has to offer. And I mean, really, if you just keep going elsewhere down the card, Andre Petrosky taking on Michelle Pereira at middleweight. I think that's a super fun fight. Petrosky, I don't believe, has lost in the UFC since kind of the faltering moment of the Ultimate Fighter in Season 29, I think it was. And uh, Michelle Pereira looking to kind of right the wrongs when he had that weight miss to fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Obviously nowhere near the name value or the big number next to his name in the rankings. But still, that's a grappler versus striker matchup there. I know Michelle has kind of showed improvements in the gas tank, showed improvements in his all-around game and skill set. That's a very, very interesting style clash there at 185 pounds. We've got Daniel Da Silva and Edgar Shirez finally getting to run it back after a few weeks ago. The fight ended with the weird kind of submission where Shirez uh, had Daniel in a standing guillotine. Daniel's arm went limp. Chris Tagnoni stepped in and stopped the fight. They're running it back at 130 pounds, so they're saving him five pounds to cut. That should be, I mean, it was already exciting the first time for the couple minutes it went. I look for it to be another just chaotic fight for as long as it lasts probably doesn't make it out of the first round and another slept on bantamweight banger to close out the discussion on today's show christian rodriguez is looking to play spoiler on another very young bright vibrant star that the ufc has in the making right now going up against cameron simon 9-0 from south africa 22 years old 3-0 in the ufc has a win on the contender series as well crazy knockout power to be at uh, the Bantamweight division. Christian Rodriguez, though, as I just said, looking to play spoiler for a second time in a row, and that's because if you forgot, he gave Raul Rosas Jr. a one-sided beating back in April, and Raul has since bounced back and had a big win a couple of weeks ago at uh, Noche UFC. But Christian Rodriguez, I think, put a lot of people on notice that he is a good fighter. Had a win before that by submission. His only loss in the UFC to Jonathan Pierce, and it went the distance. I look for this to be a very, very fun matchup here. Cameron Simon, so young, so talented, but can he stay composed against someone who likes to be the underdog and can perform well when being the underdog? That's the big question. It should be a very fun fight. It should be a pretty violent fight as well. Cameron Simon does not like going the distance, likes getting finishes. So look out for that. Those are two great scraps at Bantamweight, and even down at the bottom of the card, number 15-ranked Chris Gutierrez 
is fighting as well. So bantamweights are in action up and down um, UFC <laughs> Vegas 81, but it, of course, is headlined by the featherweights, Barboza and Yusuf. Hopefully you guys are excited for the card. I know I am. Definitely feels like it's just another one of those Apex cards, right, that you can kind of just forget or even coming up. But if you go up and down, there's definitely some diamonds in the rough, some very good fights to be had over the course of Saturday late afternoon and evening. So I'm looking forward to it. Hope you guys are as well. I hope you guys enjoyed another MMA weekend preview with me. Again, the solo content, the solo layout, it's it's flowing. I'm starting to get a little bit more comfortable. I'm starting to get cozied in, if you will, but uh, still trying to work out some kinks, wanting to get a new logo created, some new colorways and whatnot. So, you know, if any updates arise and you're listening on audio, obviously be sure to subscribe on YouTube, can post updates there. If you want to catch clips and shorts, you can follow there or follow on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Bajma, T-H-E-B-A-J-M-M-A. Sounds weird spelling out all the letters that way. I'm just used to saying the Bajma. But follow us there. Become a part of the community if you aren't already. Uh, interact with me. Interact with the show. Interact with other viewers and listeners as we continue to grow the audience and the community that we have here with the Below Average Joe's umbrella. But that's all I've got today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a great weekend. And I'll see you guys on Monday as we recap all this weekend's funness. Yeah, I'm just going to close it with funness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>